Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Uh, morning, chap. Sorry for the uh, late voice note. Uh, everything with long bus journey or got a bit... A bit uh, rushed off with time, so uh, apologies for that. But yeah, yesterday was uh, it was an incredible day, really. It was like um, yeah, you don't really get many opportunities to, I guess, have the front row seat to watch the two boys, uh, two potentially best GC riders of this generation, try and battle it out for a win. Um, so yeah, from that point of view, it was quite a good experience, but. Also, got experience for myself, you know, personally getting stuck in um, and challenging for for a stage win. It's yeah, um, it's been a long time sort of trying to get here. Really, um, been quite a up and down path to this point. So it's good to know it's sort of finally all sort of coming to coming to some good. Um, but yeah, so woke up this morning a bit. Bit tired, bit sore, but uh, hopefully get the first hour under my belt today and uh, yeah, play it by ear. Don't go too hard and save legs for for later on in the race. So that was the voice of James Shaw getting the podcast off to a flying start. But the quote of the day, other than James Shaw's excellent contribution just now, came from Marcel Kittel, the winner of 14 stages on the Tour de France, the winner already of the hair. Um, just you know, probably born that way with a full head of uh, German golden hair in perfect array. Um, came out of the womb. Like that. Like that. But maybe not quite that big. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was hair. Yeah, his hair nice. exactly on the on a baby. Yes, just like perfectly like shaved at the side, but standing up nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, good volume, never out of place. Absolutely fantastic volume. But his, um, yeah, his his line, uh, he just won the day by just as you guys were rehearsing to do the top of the live show today. Um, he was just getting a microphone put on for his debut on ITV, etc., etc. He um, turned to you, Pete, and you were looking your usual suave self, although. You upped the shirt game a little bit today, didn't you? Yeah. Talk, talk us through that. What was the thinking there? I don't know. When you're on set every day, it's nice to mix it up a bit, I guess. In the last couple of days, I've gone t-shirt because it's felt quite relaxed. Yeah. And there's a time and a place for a shirt. And the time and the place was today, as Marcel Kittle arrived. <laughs> Focuses the mind when Marcel... By the way, I should point out he's not in the car, which is slightly disappointing because um, he will be tomorrow. But he's uh, he's do- he's got another job. He's multi he's multi jobbing, and he's with uh, Dutch Television at the moment. Who he's so, been working for. So what does he do now then? He's doing an after show. Oh, like where they he's sit down legend. and do that kind of evening analysis yeah, around exactly. like a wooden desk. He's a legend, um, and yeah. he's yeah, because he's German, and the two television stations he's working for at the Tour de France, he broadcasts in Dutch, and I can tell you it's highly unusual for any Germans to learn Dutch. But his wife is Dutch and he lives in the Netherlands. 
um, and he's learnt Dutch, which is just really anomalous and deeply impressive. Um, and is deeply annoying. And deeply annoying. <laughs> and he, um, well, let's get all this out of the way before he actually joins us in the car. How much mm. we resent him. <laughs> uh, but anyway, go back to, to the killer line. So there you were, all rehearsing. He turned to you. You were wearing your upgraded shirt, which was like white and quite, given the sweltering conditions, quite thick. ambitiously thick. Yeah, almost. That's uh, like an off-white sort of champagne colour. Yeah. Yeah, there's a little bit of champagne in there. But you were looking, you know, champagne Dashing, quality. Yeah. Yeah. Did you buy it from the same shop as the socks? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, the socks were... <laughs> Tell us about the socks. They're a French brand. Uh, how do you pronounce it? A Egler. Egg, egg. Like the jackets in there well, were like 400 uh, quid. But Egler is where the UCI headquarters yeah, are. Yeah, that's Swiss French. French. Oh, maybe they're not no, French. No, no, they're, they're, they're f Swiss French. Yeah, egg. Pretty cool brand, actually. Like really cool sort of, I don't know, winter type anoraks <laughs> with all different colours, like quite out there. And I was looking at them anyway, because you asked for socks. So I was like, right, I've got to get in some socks. Well, you went off to get some snacks. snacks. One of which you've just had and some crisps. You yeah, because I get really hungry when I get in the car. Early on in the day, this was. Uh, um, so yeah, and you said to the group. Walking walk with my pass. Well, you, you said to the group, sorry, any, anyone want anything? I'm going to get some snacks. And I went, yeah, socks, please. <laughs> <laughs> which was challenging for you, obviously. Like, difficult. Yeah, in the heat as well. Yeah. Anyway, found this shop, walk in with my like accreditation on. I'm like snooping around like almost i don't know if it's because we went to the restaurant the other night which was on the in the michelin star guide the woman who was working at the shop came up to me like i was of some importance <laughs> <laughs> which you are, you are Pete. I, but she didn't know in which she sense said, you're important. in her broken sort of english like are you looking to write a report on our shop yeah and i was like beg your pardon <laughs> yeah. no no i'm just here to buy socks for a mate well, opportunity missed there. That was an opportunity missed. Massively you could have seized that. You've got to remember the heat, the stress of finding socks. I and wasn't on my A game. And the sheer unexpectedness of the question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave, uh, what would David have said? We. <laughs> Given his improvisational skills that he's demonstrated almost every single day uh, and his sheer shamelessness and brazen yeah. sort of approach. David, you would totally have gone for that, wouldn't you? I'd have also written a story about the shop. Uh, yeah, well, I totally. Oh, you would have. Yeah. Well, well so it's quite sincere then. Yeah, yeah. I'd have done yeah, yeah, I'm a reporter and I'm, yeah. I'm here to write a, a report. Can I have some sample show? products, please? Sample products? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, missed, actually, missed some socks would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, like I said, hot. I was sweaty. I was dressed in this type of palm tree sort of out there t-shirt. Yeah. I, I was actually sweating in their shop as well. So I just wanted to get in and out, basically. So and then they were like, do you want it gift wrapping? Do you want this fancy bag? I was like, no, just the socks, no receipt. <laughs> Uh, you should have said it's only Ned. <laughs> I literally said it's just I just want the socks from me. <laughs> got out there, uh, so that was that. Yeah. Oh, but they were great socks, and um, I think they were. You haven't admitted how much they cost, but I, I'm guessing they were a substantial price point. And um, you've actually just I, I said I pay back, and you've said it's a, it's an early it's an early birthday present. And then we hugged it out, and that was amazing. Uh, and then I pulled the socks on, and there is nothing finer in the world because I was quite foot sore than you know pulling some brand new high quality socks on i just think it's a wonderful feeling and the next time you pull them on when they're slightly second hand is never quite as good never is the it? same no why is that david you understand um, fabric and i don't know i think a lot of it's just kind of psychosomatic i think you just they feel i don't think they ever get that that elasticity and freshness of fabric again do they no it's something and i think it's just because 
new socks. Well, you said about Elton John, didn't you? Yeah. I think ever since he got money, which is a long time ago, and he was a young man when he started to earn big money, he's never worn the same pair of socks twice. Wow. There you go. Yeah. So he knows. It's not, it's not a sustainable habit. No. Um, but it's, uh, he can do it, and he's but done it. Not unless he's put them in the clothing bank. Just unnecessary, yeah. isn't it, really? Well, but anyway, he's providing so socks for people who don't have them. So we're sitting yeah, in comms okay. and Ned's got his new fresh socks on and we're watching Marcel Kittel come on set and the yeah. whole thing was just brilliant. Oh, sorry. So I haven't, still haven't got yeah. to his killer line. Yeah. So he looks over to you and you're wearing, you're wearing your champagne coloured upgraded I'm standing next to Marcel Kittel shirt, which I can totally understand. <laughs> Gary, um, Gary also is, well, there was some, well, no, I won't go into that, but um, there was, so th th there was this moment where, Cadell, so not Cadell, see old habits die hard, don't they? Brother Cadella, we've moved on. Um, uh, we haven't really moved on. We're, we're just, uh, it's different. Um, but anyway, so, so, <laughs> where was I? Marcel, so Marcel is, turns up and he's wearing, by now he's changed into his TV shirt and it's black. No, uh, it's navy blue. Oh, really? It looked black on the telly. Yeah, navy blue. Because when I first seen him in his white t-shirt, I was like, all oh, right. Casual. Cash. Yeah. I rate it. Actually. Like, I've won. I've yeah. won. Yeah. This I, is good. Well, I kind of rated it because I didn't expect it. I was like, it's just wearing plain this white shirts. This is how he rolls. Up. Yeah. Yeah. And you thought, did you at that point think you might downgrade your shirt? Uh, I was committed. Actually? No, no way. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah. Too, too, too deep in. But anyway, he's changed into his dark, very dark navy blue, ink blue, I would say, shirt with a little bit of a collar, very lightweight, for the appropriate to the sweltering weather conditions in Bordeaux. And he's unbuttoned it two buttons down. But he's toying. His dilemma is he's got a couple of minutes to going live. Um, what ha do I unbutton the third, the third button? And he turns to you and he says, and he asks you that question, what should I do here with the buttons? Um, do you think one button more is too much for the British public? <laughs> I actually <laughs> said that. It was brilliant. I was already <laughs> smoldering next to him. Yeah, yeah, you were just calling for kitchen roll to yeah. wipe your face with yeah, at that you point. Were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was horribly hot in Bordeaux today. Yeah. Uh, the last time I was in Bordeaux, on the top, full stop, was with the Tour de France when Cav won in 2010. S exactly the same zone technique, exactly the same finish line. And I remember after. Do you ever start to question life at that point when it's just the same? All the time, Pete. Like, here we go again. But I question it, and the answer I get every time is this is brilliant. Oh, all right. Because I, I, I was a bit like that, David, in the latter part of my career. Where you get you? to the point where, you know, you go to. Groundhog Day. San Sebastian, or you go to Catalonia, and it's almost the same stage, and it's yeah. like. Is this it? I hear you, Pete. Yeah. And it was it. Yeah. But that's yeah. just, you know, name me a job where, like, even President of the United States of America, you'd go and in, walk into the Oval Office and, you know, uh, another, like, you'd have another like, day in the office. Another, you know, what's happening while the world's on fire? <laughs> oh, again? That was Wednesday last week. You know, we're all going to get a bit like that in every single job, aren't we? Unless you're Elon Musk, where you just do mad stuff every True, day. Just I to guess. kind of like, you know. And I think we, we, we get away with it a bit in this job. Yeah, because no tour that I've done has been the same on this, like in this role. Because we were talking about that the other night. How, well, I brought it up. I was like, you almost, you know, year after year, you can't predict what's going to happen. Whether it be the restaurants after the stage, no, whether can't. it's a pizza on the side of the road, yeah. whether it's a hot tub with Cadell Evans. Yeah. And you almost think you should be able to be like, oh, yeah. But that, each year surprises us. And that's the reason why the really disappointing hotels and sort of like, oh, we're staying there. Sometimes when you are destined to go to a really beautiful place like Aix-en-Provence or 
Avignon, you're really looking forward to that. And then you look at the actual hotel and you realize you're not even, you're on the ring road and you're a B&B hotel with no restaurant. And anyway, you're arriving too late for it to be. So those, those sort of hammer blows to morale, they're acceptable because you know, you know that somewhere down the line very soon, an unexpected pleasure is coming. Gem of a hotel. A but gem of a with, hotel. With that, Ned, they can almost sometimes offer up the best memories. What, the for rubbish one nights, reason or another. The rubbish nights, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. It's very unpredictable. Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, before we go to the bike race. Oh, we got to go to the bike race. I, I was really, really pleased with myself because you were having some, making some kind of clarifications on rivers oh, during commentary, oh, weren't I, you? I embarrassed myself. And then you started waxing lyrical about the sheer size of the water element in Bordeaux. Yeah. And, and I, got, said, I named the wrong river. Yeah. And I said, that's why it's called Bordeaux. Yes. And you were like, oh, yeah. Well, go on. Why, why well, board means, uh, board is the bank. Okay. And O is water. Oh. So it's the bank, it's the, it's the Bordeaux means the, the, the edge of the water. Well, slightly, the, edge of the border of the water. Slightly different, but yeah. similar. Um, and I don't know if there's other towns or villages in like named the same, but the capital of the Isle of Man, Douglas, is because the River Dew and the River Glass meet. No, no way. Yeah. So it's got nothing to do with a chap called Douglas who founded mm. it or anything. No, Dougie. No, are you taking yeah. the mit now? Is no, that? no, no, no. Oh, okay. I've just, no. never stopped and thought about it. To be yeah, fair, okay. I've never. Yeah, that's why. But I'd always like thought the River Dew and the River Glass. Or well, Chicken or the Egg was the town called Douglas after somebody called Douglas, and they thought we've got the two rivers here. What we're we going to call them? Yeah. And then the name came comes from, last. from the no, I, yeah. I can 100% say okay. that right. the rivers Take it. were there first. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely oh, David's true. just winding me up. Oh, yeah. I don't know <laughs> what's going <laughs> on. <laughs> I was but then right, are there yeah. loads of other towns like that that we just, we're just we not aware of. Yeah, most. Probably. Yeah. Plim- Plymouth. The River Plym and the River Uff. <laughs> well that's an interesting one because it's the mouth of the river Plym so it should have a double M really oh, okay. should be Plym mouth but it doesn't <laughs> um, yeah, oh we're going deep today aren't we yeah. well it started well um, but you know the thing that you were saying about your granddad and his Masonic tendencies mm-hmm. I listen I just want to see all these little trinkets one day I absolutely oh, want I'll to see you. them I'm going to have to come to the Isle of Man just for that reason mm. they just sound fascinating but I was thinking about that today because Again, and this goes back to the unbroadcast bit of the live show when Gary was kind of talking to Marcel. And I don't know, because I was kind of making my last minute notes and I was only had half an hour on what was being said on the set. But the, 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 the whole um, design of the Manx flag got mentioned. I don't know why. And Gary had to explain to Marcel that... Phil... Was it Phil Liggett? He's almost riding like with three legs today. Was that the context of why it got I raised? Think, I okay, think so, yeah. Okay, Which is, yeah, everyone's third leg is, we don't need to go into that, but that's why it was funny, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and then, but then Gary explained to to Marcel that the, the symbol of the Isle of Man is, is, is the three legs. And he was just like, and? Was he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was like, and, ah. Oh, oh, okay, oh. that's interesting. Very good. Yeah. Um, before why? the race started, yeah. I was really why? disappointed. Why is it three legs? It? Yeah, I do want to know. Do you know? Um, because, uh, well, the sort of motto of the three legs is whichever way you throw me, I shall land on my feet. No. Mm. That's good. That's amazing. That's really good. Like a cat. 
Yeah. I've had a cat on there. A cat. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a Manx cat, but yeah, it's hasn't got a tail. Yeah, hasn't yeah. got legs on its back. <laughs> <laughs> Eats like a cat <laughs> with no tail. Well, just one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just one leg underneath it. One leg coming out of its head. Three sixty legs. One leg growing out of its back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's a strange cat. How does it eat? <laughs> what does it eat? Does it sometimes walk upside down? <laughs> Imagine it running downstairs. It would just like... Just, just like, roll. Just roll. Just roll. <laughs> it's like a springy thing. <laughs> but yeah, on Manx. So but this is the first time I've seen you guys. We asked. So before the stage started, do we think Mark Cavendish is going to do, do, do it today? And you were both had an air of no. Yeah, I said Philipson. I was so disappointed in that. Who? Well, I well Pete. Uh, well, there's a slight difference between Pete on air and off air today, wasn't there? Was there? Yeah, you were asked for your prediction. Gary he doesn't often do that, actually. Gary. No, but yeah, I've said from the offset that I'm going to say he's going to win every day because we're putting positive vibes into the universe. Correct. So and I said it once. Right. You did emphatically. I was quite surprised actually. You just went, yeah, totally. Yeah, because again. you then pulled up the, with David about the making predictions. We don't do that. On yeah, we don't do that, do we? Do have you not learned? learned? Have you not learned? <laughs> <laughs> Learn on, son. Um, <laughs> although I'm quietly confident about my Jonas Vingegaard will never win another Tour de France, but that's for another oh, day. You love pulling these ones out the back. <laughs> <don't you? laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Race got underway. White Van Aert attacked, didn't he, David? False attack. False attack. False flag. Yeah. He, um... But you know what? It's tongue-in-cheek. But at the same time, I bet it put the fear of God up a lot of people. Which I guess was his point. It's quite... I don't know. It's almost... It's passive-aggressive. Yeah, I it was mean, a funny one. I mean, was it funny for anyone? <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> it's like, oh, God, no. Well, it was quite... What happened then was... So, he, he attacked as he has done the last two days. Yeah. You know, on a day where obviously he's not going to attack, he attacked, and it lasted seven pedal strokes. But it was enough. <laughs> it was enough for like a dozen riders to get strung out behind him. You know, like oh no 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 no, we're on again, we're on again, we're on again. And then, well, obviously made it clear that it wasn't on again. But they kind of like, and then and then that whole wave subsided. And then four riders dutifully got up the road, um, and they were just to name check them. How can I do that without referring to my notes? Abrahamson, Tobias Abrahamson, I think that's his name from Uno X. Um, it was Mathieu Bourgodeau. It was uh, Nelson Oliveira of Movistar. And it was Simon Guglielmi of Arkea Samsic. But it was Abrahamson who, like, almost instantly got called back by his radio. Once they, because straight away they shut that down. And Uno X got on the radio and went, uh, Hello, guys. How do they speak? The Uno X DS is a little bit scandy. Guys, it's a tough one. Just go universal. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know. yeah, a little bit more like this, maybe. 
<laughs> ja, a little bit more. Ah, uh, 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 okay, we see now the breakaway. Back to the belt now? Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's not it's not a day for the break. Conserve, Very hard to do. Conserve, I think I'm doing it right here. Conserve, <laughs> your, conserve your energy. <laughs> we have a big day tomorrow. Many, many days on Tour de France still to come. This is not a day for you, okay? Come back. Oh no, I'm losing it. Um, come back. So he dropped back straight away, and that left three. And you could see the indecision already sort of like seeping through that group. And then Nelson Oliveira, who's a really seasoned and um, you know really experienced pro from Movistar, and a grand uh, grand tour stage winner at the Vuelta, he knows what he's doing. Nelson Oliveira. He just went. Actually, wait a minute. If Uno X, if Uno X have called their rider back, what am I doing here from Movistar? At so least they'd be doing something. Well, there is that, um, but he, but it was just not a day to be in the break, so off, no, off he pops, and that left Mathieu Borgado, who briefly got on the front, and then got on the back, and then Guglielmi looked round to see what Borgado was doing, Borgado shook his head, and then dropped away, and Guglielmi was committed, David. But you know what, with, with hindsight, was it, it could have possibly been a really good day for the break if they'd verkleured it the first half of the race. Right. If they'd just like sat at two minutes right. until 40Ks to go and then just, or 50 k and just put the hammer down with four of them with that tailwind. They had a chance. It would have been close. I mean, it was, that's a hindsight thing, isn't it? Yes. 2020 and all that. But so you've, I, you've got a really good point, but you would have needed a fighting force of four or five there. Strange, strange sprinting race. Because you've got like a lot of Destiny working, doing the early work. Yep. Quick step. Yeah, Alpacine. Alpacine were working, but it's like a yeah. lot of destiny and quick step, just nowhere to be seen after with forty k to go. Well, yeah. no less than that. Sorry, T- fifteen. Yeah, k to go. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, there's, in terms of the breakaway, maybe. But if you if you just get together and sort of yeah, just to elaborate pre-bond. on that point, it's a really good point, David. They could have done with a few more hills. I mean, it was rolling terrain towards the end, but it wasn't quite hilly enough. But the wind was, it was all about the wind and it was about the change in wind direction after the intermediate sprint that was in the middle where they picked up this raging hot tailwind for pretty much the rest of the stage and that was the tactic that Pierre Latour specifically Pierre Latour I don't know if Nos Peters was engaged in that ta- I think it was Latour's tactic um, and Nos Peters was just along for the ride <laughs> to be honest but they'd clearly looked at that moment and gone this would be actually possibly a thing but because um, yeah, they got across to Guglielmi through the sprints, and then didn't. <laughs> they- <laughs> Woo! Wow! Wow! And um, <laughs> normally sneezes come in threes as well, so I'm bracing myself for the next two. No, that's it. Done. Sorry. But David, it was, it was kind of cool because they just rode with Guglielmi, didn't they? And the yeah. gap was like 30 seconds, and it was all a bit da 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 da. Then they got to the climb at 40k to go or something like that, and Latour just smashed it suddenly on the climb, and the gap went from 30 to a minute. And also his teammates suddenly appeared at the front mm. of the peloton to kind of disrupt the reaction. Um, and that's when you suddenly, we suddenly started to think, oh, hang on, this might be quite smart. Mm. Um, but two riders weren't quite enough. They weren't. And Tim de Klerk and what's his name? Who was the other guy? It was Dries Devenens. Dries Devenens. Yeah, guys, you need to work now. Yeah. yeah guys, we need to go because these guys are flat. There's tailwind all the way, huh? Important to be around there, Caleb. Yeah. All together in the front. Really? Yeah. Any anything useful? Yeah. Oh, team radio oh, was yeah, funny. Excel today. today, didn't it? Oh. Bottles. <laughs> bottles. Yeah. Stay at the front. Steve's gonna Cummings. get narrow. Yeah. Don't know when. Oh yeah, that was. Oh, it's which, gonna get narrow. Yeah, yeah. it was getting narrow, get narrow. That was um lot of destiny. Yeah. Wasn't it? DSM were. Um, okay, if you want bottles, put your hand in the air. 
when I you get to the back put your hand in the air for one Jesus. i want to hear more motivational yes speaking Pete. from the directors it's just like i don't know if they're saying it and we're not hearing it or getting it on the tv but come on it's like you're great at that there's the so much Pete. you can do you're yeah. great at that pete would be pete's for netflix without being on netflix pete is netflix without being on netflix when it matters like <laughs> he's tiktok he's tiktok he's just he is oh, no, he literally TikTok, is tiktok yeah. five million views five, five. yeah jesus <laughs> mm. god dear it's changed your life pete no no is it not no okay <laughs> <laughs> Mm. For those of you who don't know, there is a viral video on TikTok that we discussed on this podcast some months ago. But I gather a lot more of you are listening to this podcast during the Tour de France. You know, we've got like fair weather, never strays far listeners. And we've got the hardcore. And the hardcore stay with us through thick and thin. Thick and thin. Sometimes on dodgy internet Zoom links in February where there's not much to say. You know, that's, we love you guys. Yeah. Oh, and also we've got a reward for you that would actually end up rewarding us, David. Uh, in the sense oh, yeah. that the merch. Do you want to just talk about the merch? Yeah, the merch is nearly online. I think perhaps even tomorrow. We'll check. I'll check uh, once we get to the hotel. But yeah, we have a new range um, <clears throat> inspired by Ned and Pete's uh, universal language and a little homage to the Tour de France. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it, it, it is basically a, um, a, t- a T-shirt which celebrates the famous universal language phrase, the ultimate universal language phrase, it's normal, eh? Uh, which is, uh, the reason it's so brilliant is because, as we've discussed over the last 20 minutes or whatever, nothing at the Tour de France is normal. So uh, to summarize the Tour de France with the phrase, it's normal, eh? Is a jarring oxymoron. Um, Sprint. Sprint. Let's fast forward to the sprint. Well, first of all, you did a 360, David. I did a 360. I'm David Miller. I'm David Miller. He's that was your 360. Yeah. Um, I'm Peter Kenyuk. He's David Miller. Yeah. And there's your 360. Yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, <laughs> they we can Get thank better. we can thank the ITV production editing team for cutting together our our little brilliant recon from yesterday and making people believe you made it to the top, Pete. Because oh, my wife was yeah. shocked. Nicole, who's listening was shocked uh, that you didn't make it well, and I had to explain to her what had happened. They did well there. Uh, yeah. Our good friend. And How did they convince well, the you know, without showing Pete at the top? That sounds unlikely. How did they do that in television? Well, because then they cut the, you know, the bookended bit that we pre-recorded? Yeah, the cheeky I think, bit. I think people thought that was kind of at Real. the top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because our good friend Matt Rendell and obviously colleague was like, but they cut you out. <laughs> they cut you... It was great. It was great, but they cut you out. I was like, I just didn't was do the Matt, last five that, that, k. Was that your Matt Redland impression? Oh, I can do better. Do the last five. I love Matt. No, Matt. I was just—I literally was not there for like the, the most important part of the, the 360. <laughs> Pete, I saw. I, I saw the. I saw, and they cut you out. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did your 360 go? Yeah, it went well, apart from just constant technical issues and having to go back and forth and again i did the whole thing yeah where i kind of you know the first the first attempt you get it right normally because it's just raw and you're just going through it and i thought you know what today this isn't long it's only three k's the sure the file will hold it and uh i had record just inside it was battling again through barriers and people and police saw that it was just under four k's to go took it all the way to the finish line did my rap at the end 
looked down to turn it off and it was already off. Oh. Uh, and then I could never get it right again. And no. so it took me like four or five goes it's so to kind of get it, it right. And I was just... And for me, there's nothing more <sighs> humiliating when you're on the side of the road of like K and a half to go three hours before the race comes. And there's quite a few fans there already. Yeah. And he going over what you're going to say in your head. Mm. And they're just looking at you like, what's he doing? <laughs> yeah. It's like Spoken if only you knew. I'm, I'm about to record yeah. a 360 that might even not go on air. <laughs> That's what I'm doing with my time right now. And I'm sweating and I'm tired. And I've got to commentate in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, so it went well. Saw the finish. It was technical. And I did, at that point, they still hadn't moved to 3K, uh, to 3.6K, the 3K rule, because you came kind of flying around this right-hander into 3Ks to go, which seemed incredibly dangerous. Because it meant all the sprinters and GC teams would be going around that corner together, which I ended up doing anyway. And like Vingegaard was totally, it's amazing how Vingegaard is like so perfectly positioned, like at the motor racing circuit. Him and Christophe Laporte were just, just chilled, like going through three Ks to go and into, and Christophe Laporte was like, come on guys, come round me. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm pretty good at that. It's quite, is it, was it a little bit notable that Jumbo Visma opted to do nothing today in the sprints? Like Laporte, well, yeah, neither Laporte Vanard nor just Vanard. Sat up. Yeah. yeah. And the last time they've done that in a sprint and just not being in it was in the Champs-Élysées last year when they were just celebrating yeah. the, the overall victory. Other than that, they always try something. So that's like a little bit, okay. They've gone, they've reverted to kind of, this is- Full GC. This is full GC now. They've gone a bit Ineos on that, in that regard, maybe. Don't know. Yeah, unless Wout van Aert's got his eyes and so on. He's had a hectic and hard, like, <laughs> look at the bit. last couple of days, you know? He's done a bit. Maybe he's thinking, tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow's a, a little bit lumpy. Yeah. I'm going to claim maybe potentially a 0.001% contribution to Mark Cavendish's sprint today. Only because I walked in from our hotel along the last couple of kilometers and I thought, I'm not sure, because you hadn't discussed going and doing a 360p. I didn't know whether you were going to go out, get the time, or had been asked to go out and actually do your. Because we discussed it on the pod the other day, yeah. how you sometimes send Mark. No, if you're looking to sort of, you know, edge me out and be his intel, that's fine. Well, he's offered, yeah, it's quite good money that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, so I sent sent Mark a little thing about this. There was a little, they dipped under a bridge with the K to go and then up and out of the bridge. And then the cobbles. And I think there were some cobbles with 500 meters to go. They're quite, actually, they weren't just totally smooth. And I, anyway, um, and I sent him a picture of that. And at that point, I think Cav went, oh, hang on. This is exactly the same running as I, I won in on uh, 2010. Um, so he did know that he did know that. And he has got this ridiculous photographic memory. Um, and David, let's be honest. I think both you and I and Pete, I know you weren't in the commentary booth at the time, but you're watching on waiting to do your live studio. There was a point in that sprint where I think all of us thought he's won it. Yeah, there was. And I think what was remarkable about it was like five well no a k before he looked completely out of it he was so far back and kind of only had case ball and he's not the sort of rider that can get him back up there so it was all the more surprising when all of a sudden with 500 meters to go he was up there yeah. and it was like oh but well, then yeah. it all played out well i got asked to talk for the the final 800 meters and on cav and i literally couldn't see him until like 400 meters to go so I was yeah like, he's not in the helicopter <laughs> shot is he um, but Ah, oh, so close, wasn't it? Well, it was and it wasn't. It was like yes, it was and it wasn't. Yep, there was just that brief. Oh, I, I honestly, we were like jumping up and down on set, and yeah. it would have gone off if he had won. Yeah, 
Yeah. Everyone wants it. Even Philipson almost wants it. No, he doesn't. No, he does. No, he he wants. He does want Cav to take that record. <sighs> no. No, he said it would be... It would, he said, we all want to see it. We, that's it, what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, okay, all right. No, he yeah, said it with a really not, nice... Not, I'd like yes, to see... No, no he did say I'd like to see him win. A lovely yeah. thing to say, but yeah. not at the expense of a Philipson victory. No, I d- I, sorry, yeah. sorry, I didn't yeah. mean that, yeah. but I mean, like, everyone at home watching a large part of the peloton would love to be a part of the Tour de France. On the day it happens. On the day that... Someone takes Eddie Merckx's record. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hats off to Philipson because he was brilliant today, wasn't he? I think of the three wins, actually, that was almost the best. That was. was. He was so kind of kept it together, didn't he? When Mathieu van der Poel did as usual, but it kind of ran out a bit too early. It was like 350 metres to go. It was stalling. And nobody wanted a sprint because there was nobody else left, no lead out. So they were all watching Philipson. And there was that momentary pause or lull, and that's when Mark was just carried his speed, yeah. didn't wait, and kind of just took the initiative, which he said he wished he'd done in Nogaro at the most racing circuit, that he wished he'd gone earlier. And it's like, it's classic Cav, he kind of learns from his mistakes and then just applies it almost immediately. Such a shame the old Shimano let him down there. That's rare. <laughs> I love the way you named the brand there, David. Well, no, because like, I, I, I'll name SRAM when they... You do, do yeah. No, I remember. I mean, years ago, I mean, years ago, interviewing yeah. you once. You when your your Mavic wheel had exploded. Oh yeah, that was bad. That was because you got a neutral service. Yeah. yeah. What was that in a time trial or something? Or yeah, yeah, my rear disc like just ripped to pieces on the start ramp. Then they gave me another one, and this same thing happened. This is this is a long time ago on the Tour de France, yeah. and I did an ITV interview with David, and you just like in the, in the space of about thirty seconds, you used the word Mavic three times. <laughs> <laughs> my <laughs> Mavic wheel just my Mavic's on me. <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> no, wasn't very nice to me yeah yeah nothing beats the chain dropping story though from david does it no well, that's iconic iconic that's, that's an iconic story or the snap chain yeah. oh is it snap, oh, snap was it? Chain. yeah well the front row yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh when you walk yeah <laughs> when you walked um your general manager over to yeah, onto that one <laughs> said, <"Look!" laughs> that's, a pro- that's, that's a my bike. favorite story <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah old, old brian cocker he's going all right where did he finish in the end? Oh, top 10. Oh. Um, but that's all right. Is you it? Know. Yeah, well, it's I just... Brian Co- I, I don't know why I've got my eye on him in this tour. Because you I'm, do that with... Yeah, you with do. He's supposed to replace Guillaume Martin. Where, and is he Paddy even here, Guillaume Martin? Like, <laughs> he is even here, David, but that's okay. all he is. He's yeah. even here at Remember the Remember Paddy Bevins? Yeah, yeah oh, Paddy Bevan. I almost forgotten about Paddy Bevan. He's done much this year, has he? No. What's going on there? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, the old cocker, I've got my eye. He's on. a hipster choice for you. You love, you love a hipster, don't you? No, I just I invested in him. Because tomorrow, or today, if you're listening to this tomorrow, um, you or even in the past, if you're listening to this in two weeks' time, um, <laughs> you, you, uh, we collectively, uh, we're all going to, well, we're going there now, for heaven's sake, we're on the motorway. We're going to Limoges. And uh, in, in oh, I don't know the year. Two weeks time, we'll have already been I there. I don't know the year. Totally over, but yeah. I'm going to say 20, I don't know the year, 2013, 2014, Marcel Kittel and Brian Cocard sprinted to the, f- the line in Limoges. And it was the, one of the closest photo finishes in the history of the tour. And it took a long time for them to decide which of the two had won. Marcel Kittel mm. was the last rider before Jasper Philipson to win the first three stages of the Tour de France, and that was in 2014. Um, I don't know why I've just gone all statistical all of a sudden. It's not really in our nature in, mm. um, in Never Straight Far, but yeah. No. Yeah. Um, so it was, I don't know, 
it was it was very close wasn't it but then it like you say it wasn't close you got excited afterwards in the zone technique oh that was and you triggered you were kind of almost the kind of the patient zero on that one in a sense so yeah, there's a, there's a, yeah there's a truck in the middle of the zone technique that is um a, a, a truck apart it's very different and it's quite interesting that it just sits there in the middle of the media compound i've never seen ned move so quickly so it was like it was old school journalist ned oh, on point rallying the troops well encouraging them to go and pay attention what is it you pointed them out at first the two astana bikes was i it? did yeah and you yeah. were gone so you noticed that next to the UCI's little van there, there were two Astana bikes that actually belonged to Gianni Moscon and someone else. Don't know who their number eight is, um, off the top of my head. And but anyway, I went over there and I suddenly saw Vinokurov was there, and then I noticed that the some of the staff um, from Antamarche Circus Wanty were there, and they were a little small smattering of um, Belgian journalists there. And uh, clearly something was going on behind closed doors in the little UCI video booth that they have there where the commissaires gather to kind of do the VAR thing. And then it, then it emerged that um, Antamarche had lodged an appeal uh, uh, because Biniam Grimai, who produced a great sprint, by the way, a fabulous ride from him today, uh, was, slight, was slightly hampered by um, Jasper Philipson. I think that's safe to say. But these are all shades of grey, aren't they? And I don't think it was. Not at all. I think he was a bit, nope. but not enough. By saying that, I mean he wasn't going to win. No, I don't think I don't think he was hampered at all. At all. Well, that's then you might as well be a UCI commissaire because that's the conclusion that they ultimately reached. But for a little moment, there was this sense that oh, because if the if they find against Jasper Phillips and uh, having done an illegal move on Billy Gunamai, then he would be relegated, and that would hand Mark Cavendish. Stage win number 35. If he was, then you might as well start the sprinters in a lane, like a 100-meter sprint, yeah. with 200 meters to go and say, yeah. go. Yeah. Because then it becomes, it's not even bike racing anymore. Yeah. But and nonetheless, uh, I think there is there is a due process there, and I think it's probably a good thing that these things get looked at. But they, I agree, they, they've reached the right decision on that. But I, anyway, for about half an hour. And then Vino turned up, didn't he, David? And the, all of a sudden... He was looking fantastic. He was looking quite Wasn't good. he? Yeah. He looks just so exactly like a... Like Vin Alexander like, Vinokurov. Like Alexander Vinokurov, and, but kind of almost like a, a Bond villain as well. Yeah. Doesn't he? And I, I, it's a long time since I've seen him sort of like, and, you know, it took me back to my days of interviewing him in his slightly hesitant of heavily accented French. And it was just interesting to eavesdrop on him, you know, kind of like talking to the journalist in his, in his Bond villain French. <laughs> but it was uh, like a, a bit of an old school bundle suddenly developed. And yeah, you were getting so were, excited. Crews were arriving forever. I saw a Danish camera uh, person just running over from their truck and the, all of a sudden the Netflix crew were there. Yeah, just like all over it and everything. And, but it would have been a, I mean, had it happened, it would have been an awful way for Cavendish to have broken the record. So uh, in a way, uh, well, the right decision was met, but also kind of in, all, in every other sense the right decision um, remained and Philipson is a, a, an absolute weapon and, and it's brilliant you know that's what happens you've got to you got to beat him to get this record and it's going to be very very hard I think it's going to be hard and I I posited this theory to both of you that you know psychologically I don't know how you feel about this but as a human because Cavendish even though we question it at times he's a peculiar type of human as well and a fascinating human but he is a human if he'd if he just finished third and improving third but not actually close to taking the win would that be easier for him to kind of like 
digest and to think forward with. He was so close to victory today that having that snatched away from him by the brilliance of Philipson, that in a way it could be harder for him to overcome, David. Or is he just so nails that he's just I don't know. Get I mean, I guess it's proper mixed emotions because he will have had a, f a few seconds there where he thought it was game on. But but I think also maybe not because his gear was already jumping before. So I think there's going to be a lot of, um, how would I put it, almost grieving. <laughs> like, yeah. And you've just got to not let that go. Well, maybe because he knows it's going to be kind of stars aligning him winning the sprint here. And in a way, the stars aligned today, like from how far he was back, Mathieu van der Poel, kind of his lead out dying quite a long way out, that little lull, him having that jump and going. I mean, that was the stars aligning. Everything was perfect. This is kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah. And so that's why he can't let that eat away at him. He's got to hope that the stars can align twice and that his gears don't jump around. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Well, quite weird to have just us three in the car again, isn't it, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> Changes tomorrow when Marcel comes in. Can't yeah. wait. Front yeah, seat good. for Marcel. Definitely very good. Yeah. Oh, easy. Yeah. And if Cadell's listening, I don't know if he will, but I don't think Brother yeah. Cadell listens. Know. Yeah. Brother yeah. Cadell. It's been wonderful to get to know. Fabulous hour that we spent in the hot pool together. We'll live long in the memory. Um Yeah, it's quite chill, isn't it? Very chilled. And um David yeah. continuing to be the Wout Van Aert from our little crew. Just doing everything. Doing, doing everything. everything. Laundry. Oh, yeah, laundry Got today. Laundry done. That's a big weight off my shoulders. Second time you've done yeah. laundry. That's never happened in the history of the Tour de France. No, that's unprecedented. By anybody. <laughs> By yeah. anybody. No one's watched. Yeah. They're closed twice in seven days. Yeah, so I'm oh. back to ground zero again. We all went for a bit of a run, didn't we? Did Pete's washing as well. What? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, I went for a run. Yeah, I, I was just going to call me one day, and I'm not even going to be able to do 100 meters for you on the front yeah. <laughs> with the chance of a stage. <laughs> Sorry, mate, <laughs> not today. <laughs> yeah, I, we went for a run. Well, we all did. Yeah, mm. yeah. Me and I, David. I wingman's Pete. Got him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just I sat on your heels, didn't I? You did. I was so close. <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> you did just literally sat on my heels the whole time. You were like, oh, do you want to go, like, there was a massive cruise ship which was parked right on the finish line. Do you want to go to the cruise ship past it? I was like, listen, man, I'm just following you. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I'd say I'm just following you, bro, or something. Did you run <laughs> along that? Because there were multiple different the ways. Planks. Yes. Yeah. Did you run along the planks? Technical. D very technical. Technical. And also, like, any minute now, I'm just going to fall through them. They were rotten, Yeah, they? some of them are Along the River Garonne. Soggy. Yeah. Really? Like, mm. and patched up. And, like, I couldn't wait to get off them, frankly. Mm. Very technical. Yeah. yeah. Funny you knew exactly what I was going to say there. Yeah. And up to the big cruise ship. And, um, yeah. <coughs> Imagine you just didn't know the Tour de France was finishing when you were on that cruise ship. Bonus. Oh, they were just, when I, because I went out a little bit earlier than you guys, when I ran past the cruise ship and on, they were just shelling out of the cruise ship and they got in my way. I had to pick my way through them. It was quite, I was quite annoyed. American pensioners on their holiday and a sweaty British cycling tour commentator just getting annoyed with them. I, slightly intolerant there. But um, I like Bordeaux. I, I, yeah, love, love Bordeaux from what I've seen. Because yeah. I was quite surprised, actually, that I had no expectation. Had a little walk in to the center, which was like 250 meters from our zone technique. UNESCO World Heritage Site. Is it? It is. Huh. Yeah. Well, it's very intact, isn't it? Yeah. So you have to consider it's right over in the west. So it hadn't been ravaged in either of the wars. 
wasn't particularly bombed I don't think Bordeaux in um, in the Second World War and it's uh, yeah and um, and the and the interesting point about it coming back to Bordeaux after such a long absence is that they have a green mayor these days um, and the previous mayor the incumbent of the mayoralty if that's the right word uh, was quite opposed to bringing the Tour de France back so the 81st occasion which was today as a result of the, uh, the, the yeah the new mayor wanting to embrace the symbol of the bicycle and bring it back in the grandest possible form oh, good on him or her I don't know I don't know I don't know who they are um, <coughs> and that's that so we're heading to Limoges which is just one of those Tour de France places <laughs> and that's that we've run out of steam haven't we yeah yep yeah Pete yeah yeah
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.